Before we get started, I want to let you folks know that we have two episodes that came out today. First, we have the setup, and then we have this one, part one of our Halloween special. So in case you missed it, in episode six, we go through the setup of the game, creating our characters, learning about the world, and developing our crew, Blair, and our ghost Carl. Carl. Obviously, you don't have to listen to that episode if you'd rather just jump right in without any pretext, but just a heads up for those of you that are interested. On that note, I'll leave you to it. Last time on Dungeon Master's Test Kitchen. Blades in the Dark is a game about a group of daring scoundrels building a criminal enterprise on the haunted streets of an industrial fantasy city. There are heists, chases, escapes, dangerous bargains, bloody skirmishes, deceptions, betrayals, victories, and of course, deaths. Uh, We play to find out if your fledgling crew can thrive amidst the teeming threats of rival gangs, powerful noble families, Vengeful ghosts, the blue coats of the city watch, and the siren song of the scoundrels' own vices. So, really, you're in a haunted Victorian era city trapped inside a wall of lightning powered by demon blood. Okay, so I chose the class Whisper, and it's an arcane adept enchantment. Alright, so I've chosen the leech uh, as a saboteur and a technician. I'm going to be the spider, a devious mastermind. Fantastic. I will be the lurk. A stealthy infiltrator and burglar. And I am the Cutter, a dangerous and intimidating fighter. Asher Morikov, she is a Cerverosi, and she used to be in law. She, her skin is as dark as midnight, and she's heterochromia, so one eye is pale blue, the other is very dark. Her vice is weird, and she's always really interested in anything that's kind of odd and mystical and is constantly looking for answers. During one of her shifts, they got into a horrible conflict with Skurlock, a vampire which left her entire left arm horribly burnt, and that is caught, and her crew just completely abandoned her, which is why she left. My character's name is Dreddon. He goes by the Tinkerer. He's a Tekeros. He kind of looks like an old, what you have imagined an old, older demon would look like. He's got long white hair, got white eyes, he's got blue skin. Uh, he is well-schooled, uh, so he's an academic. Uh, he understands, he, he's intelligent, but again, his he also has the, the weird vice, and he's really interested in, you know, alchemy. My character is Jarl Castile. He is a school one. He basically escaped from his homeland, trying to get away out of, uh, I'm going to go with the war, if what he was trying to escape from. Mm-hmm. He ended his way up here in the wonderful city. And during his time here, he took up working for the Blue Coats. He was working for their uh, archivists, and he was sort of learning and studying once there. And... Part of his sort of vices sort of started getting the better of him. He's sort of obsessed with sort of the luxury, the finer things in life, jewelry mm. and such. Such as, you know, that on his spare time, he likes to just basically deck himself out and jewelry and get blinged up and look in the mirror. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, he's kind of, you know, if he could Scrooge McDuck the gold pile, he would Scrooge <laughs> McDuck the gold pile. As that sort of, you know, desire sort of overtook him. Mm-hmm. He turned traitor. He's pasty white, he's bald-headed, and he's always sort of wearing a hood. Adric Ankaya. I am, uh, oh, my nickname, uh, my alias is Needle, which is what everyone knows me as. I'm an Eruvian mm-hmm. of noble descent. Mm-hmm. The reason that everyone knows me as Needle and not my other name is because I'm from, a, I'm the last surviving member of a, a noble family mm. that was overthrown, mm-hmm. and I was sort of smuggled out, kind of like the, uh, the Tsarina, but I was raised... Uh, kind of on the streets, in and out of orphanages, managed to kind of thread my way in and out of uh, alleys and hence the nickname Needle. That's a good uh, segue. Oh, and also Petra the city clerk is my 
nemesis. Ooh. I guess. She yeah, she doesn't she doesn't like the riffraff and I've I've shown up on her radar enough that she's aware of me and is trying to make my life difficult. You, my life of, you, sorry to cut you off, yeah, you are a thorn in her side. I am a thorn like. in her, a needle almost. Oh. It begins. As Bruiser, she has a calm appearance to her long dark hair. She wears just navy coveralls and steel toed boots. Uh, she is Akarosian, and she comes from military background. She was dishonorably discharged, so she's been working with a few underworld crews since then. Her nemesis, it says here Chael, but I've changed it to Chad. Uh, he's a vicious thug from her last crew, and nothing particular happened. He's just one of those personalities that rubbed her the wrong way, and she just can't stand the guy. So she left that crew and joined this one. Talk more about how he rubbed her. The wrong, the wrong way. way. <laughs> uh, her special ability as a cutter, the dangerous and intimidating fighter. She's uh, classed into ghost fighter. You're a ghostbuster. I'm a ghostbuster. Bruiser, uh, ghost bruiser. So now that we know that all these different characters, Moros, Trader, Needle, Bruiser, and the Tinkerer, uh, work as part of Legitimate Courier Business Incorporated, um, operating largely out of their ghost wagon uh, named Carl, let's finally come to the, the meat of the game. Master's Test Kitchen. Okay, well, we're doing this. Um, so, Kayla. Nathan. Tyler. Jeff. Amanda. Brian. All right, and yeah, so Brian is our guest today. Um, Hello. So, happy Halloween, everybody. Um, <laughs> even though right now we're recording this, it's September. <laughs> because but when you're start. listening to this, it's post Yeah. No, October it's going to be October 18th. Pre-Halloween. The stores Pre-Halloween. all have Halloween stuff, so yeah. I think that's what matters. We're getting right on. That's board. how you know what day it is. So, yeah, today we're going to be playing Blades in the Dark with our special guest star, Brian. So, mm-hmm. Brian, why don't you tell us about yourself? Hello. Thanks so much for having me here. First off, I'm uh, I'm a little bit worse for wear and slow this morning because I was at a wedding last night and had a lot of fun, but uh, I'm still excited to... Uh, give Blades in the Dark the best shot I can. I I live here in Vancouver. I'm moving to Spain very soon. I'm very excited for that. I uh, work as a freelance voiceover artist for a large variety of uh, clients and uh, otherwise am super pumped to run Blades. Uh, That being said, I'd love to get us onto a, a score. So, you guys have found yourself, uh, you know, in your normal layer of this uh, legitimate courier business incorporated. You're at the Fortunate Estates, and you hear a knock on the door. I'll answer the door. Fantastic. Wait, wait. Do we have a people? Absolutely. Okay. Is it the front door? <laughs> this derelict hotel has a busted door that you can actually just kind of see through. Okay. Um, I, I can't uh, stress enough that you are a very fledgling <laughs> gang and crew, so you know um, opulence is not your forte. Okay. So yeah, it definitely just for like knock on the door, and they should pull the door almost falls off its hinge, or look over from the table. And uh, you also maybe know too that anybody knocking at your door 
is somebody that maybe knows you're here, and uh, also somebody that is has come before. Do we have a secret knock? I think that would be an excellent idea. Traitor, the uh, spider, what would that secret knock sound like? I can't, I am trying to put the tune in my head to uh, how to knock it out, but... Alright, the, the, the very secret... Uh, the classic, that, shaving that, the haircut uh, two bits. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you do hear the uh, the secret knock and you go and you find just a, 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 hooded, a very small, like three foot tall hooded figure that just gives you a, a piece of folded paper and makes no eye contact with you and seems ready to just leave. You recognize this person as somebody that is uh, most likely just a child delivering yeah. a... Uh, a message for you. Uh, and do you give them a, a, a coin? Yeah, why not? Small child, here you go. We're nicer to children so far. <laughs> it sounds like there's history here. Uh, the devious mastermind yeah. is, uh, is has a soft spot for orphans. You see a small hand uh, and very a very frail one uh, and bony just kind of reach out and snatch the coin and, and sort of kind of hobble a bit away very quickly without a word. And you notice on the note that of course you, uh, you flip over the handwriting that you recognize from Ellen the uh, dock worker. Just uh, saying in, in very small, succinct print that jobs available come by after hours. So, that being said, are all five of you already at this place? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm in my room on the Yeah, so yeah. I'm assuming everybody's there. Yeah. So, I'm going to be do the, do the walk around yep. for each room. So, let's go to Needle Room first to see if we can find him. What's Needle doing in his room? There's a bunch uh, of haystacks in there. Yeah. <laughs> Just diving around in the Oh, why didn't we call this place the haystack? <laughs> We can call it the haystack. Like it's the fortunate state. We personally call it the haystack. All right. I, I am into the uh, the layer now has an alias of the haystack. Yeah. That's canon. All right. Yeah. I, uh, just just in my room, maybe uh, organizing some trinkets and memories from uh, from my childhood for my family. Did you just sort of knock on your door and just sort of? Is it a secret knock? <laughs> <laughs> no. We, we, the, the, there's no stage two. There's no no two part. No phase two. All right. Um, yeah. I, the door the door is probably open. I just see you at the. At the doorway. Mm-hmm. I hold up a you know, the fold of paper and I jobs in. Alright, let's go. Yeah. And when was the last time that you had a job? Has it been a long time? Uh, are you tired from a recent one? Or are you more desperate for work? Um, um I think we've done like a couple small ones here and there, and I guess in a couple weeks since we've had one. So we kept might be a the lights bit, on. I might be a little bit desperate, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you you rouse the uh, the company with a, a very good news. You know, mm. rations and coin are running a little bit thin uh, since the last job, and you're kind of in that attitude. It sounds like that you'll take what you can get at this yeah. point. So anything from a friend is uh, is welcomed news. I assume then that you'd be uh, uh, all heading down to. Uh, an invisible parking is, is, spot? Or? Is it after hours? Actually, yeah, no good question, actually. It's, it would be just around that time. Like, getting around the city, of course, takes time. It's crowded. Getting out to the docks is you know, going to take the better part of your uh, your time to uh, transport out there. Do we, are we walking distance, or do we take Carl? Oh, we take Carl. I, I think it almost goes without saying that uh, you, you maybe rarely travel together uh, without Carl. It would be suspicious people to kind of see us all together just out on the street. Yeah, yeah. so we go to the Ghost Parkade. Uh, to the uh, Ghost Parkade where you parked your ghost car. That I, I think is is a wagon. Of yeah, it's a yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely not an actual car. I think you'd be robbed of that very quickly. In fact, per, possibly in the future, when it's, not that, when it's not moving, it's true. Possibly so in the future, terrible. 
the word car originates from the notoriety of Carl. <laughs> Carl's a real hero. Oh, okay. so this is uh, millennia in the past, you're saying? Yeah, I yeah, see. Yeah. <laughs> so you go down into the, uh, you know, what's the remnants of the, the parkade. I imagine this abandoned, derelict uh, hotel would have a pretty terribly dangerous and haunted underground parkade. It's really leaky. Wet, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, structurally unsound. Not great. I would assume probably three quarters of it is actually caved in. As you like walk in from the side, you have just enough space to, to kind of walk around Carl, and that's about it. So, right. I worry the, the mental state of Carl if we're keeping him down here for days. <laughs> then, in, you know, so just just putting that out there that you know, like you know, he might be going a little crazy and uh, not enjoy his surroundings. As you approach a, uh, a spot that has you know, apparently nothing in it, you hear a, a, a raspy voice pipe up and uh, indignantly say, oh, you've, you've deigned to, to use me for your own gain once more, haven't you? That, that's why we're here, yeah. Yes, fire up. That, that's your job. Uh, I, uh, that's I, what we don't pay you for. <laughs> I'm sworn to carry our burdens, or something to that effect. <laughs> well, uh, it'll be good to get out of this dank pit that you insist on keeping me in. It's either that or you get stolen by the riffraff on the street. Uh, I was stolen by the riffraff, that's why I'm here. Again. <laughs> it's going to be interesting, this, uh, so Carl is, must be powered by uh, some kind of plasm or something then, you have no, um... I think it's Was he like this when we got him? I, I think so, yeah, you've, you've never known Carl to be anything but indignant. And and sassy. I like to imagine that he was the uh, Fortress of State's like vehicle. Like, mm, yeah, who's, yes. the, who's in the car to go get you? Yes. And the, like the driver, literally sending a car. The driver <laughs> got out of the wagon to like fix the broken wheel and ran himself over or something. And now he's like fused with the car. Like, uh, I like that. That's phenomenal. That's my awesome. canon. <laughs> yes, that is canon now. So yes, this uh, you know doomed driver who's now bound to this his work vehicle for eternity. Uh, really terrible. Never a day off. Yeah. <laughs> Those four days from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> you all uh, pile into what I imagine is a very crowded wagon. I don't think this would be necessarily... Well, it, it was maybe the hotel car, so maybe it's a little bit more upscale than... A little spacious, uh, but it's pretty run down. Yes. And like the velvet's peeling away from the walls. And I'll draw your eyes to uh, one of the maps of Duskfall here. You can see a little bit that it's a, a coastal town on sea. Uh, of course, you're heading to the docks. I imagine that the uh, the haystack, colloquially known, the Fortunate Estates, would be part of the sort of Six Towers district, formerly rich, now worn down and dilapidated. Sounds uh, like it fits the bill. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got a, a little bit of distance to cross there, uh, bridges through small alleys. And I'm curious, how does, you know, Duskfall is very crowded on the streets at all times. How is this being seen, this... Uh, uh, I guess actually, yeah, a vehicle powered by plasma and is, and in this case, a ghost is not that unusual. People don't necessarily know that it's powered by a ghost. But so there are powered vehicles. Yes, but they're more rare um, and more for the, uh, the the lords and rich folk. I like the, the idea that we like strung a like really shitty Bentley together to sit on the front of it. <laughs> Yeah, I was, thinking, I was thinking something like that, where there's something, yeah, where, you know, we're weekend at Bernie-ing, like some kind of, like, puppet system. One of is us it, just sits in the driver's seat. 
Or that. Is it? Or maybe it's just the cadaver of uh, Carl. Who got bombed and just like... Yeah, exactly, and preserved. Like so, uh, so <laughs> uh, the zombie ghost car, Carl now... Uh, just another indignant yeah. thing that we keep his body on display on the car that we force him to <laughs> drive us around give it. him a funeral <laughs> car Carl is able to transport you uh, from Six Towers to the docks. Uh, on your way, you know, it's, it's a good maybe uh, hour or two, uh, because it's slow going, the streets are uh, very crowded with many uh, pedestrians and, and people that keep themselves huddled, cloaked, um, most everybody uh, as it gets towards this after hours, you know, evening, it's permanently dark, but everybody carries lanterns quite commonly with them. There's a little bit of moonlight now coming out that reflects off of the uh, very inky black rivers that crisscross around the roads. Moonlight? Yeah. The sun the sun is Sun's gone. Oh, but yeah, I guess where's the light reflecting off the moon from? Uh, that's an excellent Ooh. question. Maybe it's Magic a fake moon. moon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fake moon. I, th- I think there's moonlight in this, and I think there's actually an explanation for this, but I'd have to dig it up. Just not um, that, Brian. Oh yeah, the uh, the moon is fake, and it's an artificial uh, plant by big government. Powered by demon blood. Powered by demon blood. That being said, you get through this crowded uh, area. You're actually able to kind of go through Brightstone, which is one of the more rich areas of of Duskfall. And of course, cars are a little bit more, you know, uh, automatic vehicles of some kind are more common there. Uh, you find your way though across into the docks, uh, a very industrial place. Uh, and you've kind of seen people come out from the docks because they're leaving work at this point. And you're able to, you know, I assume pull into sort of an unassuming area behind some, uh, you know, cargo containers and things like that. Pile out as uh, Carl announces indignantly that yes, this is the docks. Do your, do your your business here and and don't leave me waiting long. Morris drops like two coppers in Carl's body, his pocket. <laughs> And just like wanders off. <laughs> uh, a lot of good that will do me. As uh, as the five of you pile out of the uh, ghostly town car and uh, make your way over to uh, Ellen's office. And Ellen was a dock worker. You've got maybe a, a tenuous relationship with Ellen. You don't know maybe a ton about this person, but you've found kind of a symbiotic, mutually beneficial relationship. What would Ellen's office look like? It's probably. You know, kind of one of those uh, fluorescent or like single lights at the top of the office, papers everywhere. I think like super, super crowded, like overflowing. Yeah. Like file cabinets. I kind of imagine like a like an old school detective's office that's similar to that. Except yes, yeah. You know, she's just so buried in work, and you walk in. You know, she's got a big desk, but she's got like a foot this by foot room, section yeah. to like actually work. Itty bitty living space. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm picturing from the outside like one of those. Um, Kind of makeshift trailers they put on the side of a construction site, you know, sort of this little building. It, it just... was a temporary solution, and ended up being a permanent solution. Exactly, yeah. 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 So it's like a little almost shack uh, yeah. adjacent to the the actual dock. Right. The it, actual was, it was like wheels, but at this point they have like they've been like sunk it. into the ground. Yeah, you know, it's just sort of like built there so that she's got a bit of a window over the dock area. But yeah, fantastic. And uh, Ellen uh, would be a very meek woman. Bes- uh, bespeckled and looking up over a mountain of, of papers and says, good, you're here, sit down. We all like crowd into this like office, yeah. like shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> yeah. And she seems to pay no attention to your discomfort. You've been with her here before. Well, okay, I was just going to ask. We've, we've done this before, so we yes. don't need to worry so much about looking out for anyone busting us being here. It's fairly legit that we're here. I mean, we could just walk into an office. Uh, you've been here before, but this it's after hours for a reason. But that being said, you know, there are 
it's common to have people wandering around, and it's not like these are heavily guarded by police oh. or something, or that you're trespassing too heavily. That being said, Ellen looks up at you, and and actually, what would Ellen be needing you to transport? What is the uh, the material? Uh, either cut plasm we talked about before, drugs. Do we even know? Like maybe she just had a crate for us. Uh, that's that's also, I think, a very good idea that in some cases that you don't know. Yes, I'm going to take that actually and say that, you know, there's a... Ellen looks up meekly and says, uh, the, the goods are around the side uh, in a large crate. I, I expect that you'll be able to uh, to move it. Uh, please get it as quickly and quietly as possible to the Devil's Tooth it's a pub in uh, in Coleridge. So Rosalind, are you going to tell us what it is this time? She, she doesn't even look up and just cool. continues on, on papering and going through uh, her mountain of, of work. Anything dangerous or alive this time? She just kind of looks up at you with the, uh, the glasses and looks down and says, you're paid to bring goods to where I need them to get to. Uh, were there any further questions or are you going to be continuing to waste more time? Time frame. <laughs> who, do we, who do we ask for at the... At the, uh, the Devil's Tooth? Devil's Tooth. You'd be asking for Polonia, the uh, proprietor of the Devil's Tooth. You also know Polonia. In fact, uh, who's got, uh, who'd have the most sort of uh, gang connections here? Bruiser. Uh, the Bruiser absolutely would. You would know Polonia as the leader of the Lamp Blacks. Lamp Blacks? Lamp Blacks, a local gang of thugs that operate. Is that maybe the, the group of the thugs that have chat? My old my old group? Yes, so that's this is where our rivals and, uh, and friends, but mostly rivals, come in. Amanda, that was a fantastic idea. You're saying that the uh, Lamp Blacks have uh, Chad in it as maybe uh, one of Polonia's right-hand men. So immediately, Bruiser, you're less cool with this job, but are you still able, do you think you'll still be able to uh, uh, get things done? Yeah, we're dropping it off. I don't have to have dinner with the guy. <laughs> um, where on the map is it? In Coleridge. Coleridge. Here. Every time we come up with something, I've just kind of marked off an area that I say that's at, so... Excellent. So that being said, we know uh, who we are and what we're doing uh, delivering this crate uh, with Carl, the ghost car. This brings us to uh, kind of the start of the score, which always starts with the engagement role. So what that means is that uh, one of the things that I love about Blades is that we're doing heists and scores on a regular basis, but there's no such thing as planning out in advance and thinking about all the different things we could do. I can't stand sitting at the table talking for hours about you know all the different ways we could accomplish a score. It's better to just get right into the action. So the way we're going to do that is by picking the detail, which we kind of already have here, uh, transport as opposed to deception or stealth or uh, occult or social, etc. Just one quick yep, question. Absolutely, please. What's her pay? Uh, the the usual sum would be about four coin, and in that, it's not literally four coins. Uh, four coin is representative of a medium payout that would keep you going for a couple weeks. Not like something like you know ridiculously high for what would seem to be a normal job. Yeah, exactly. Like eight or ten coin or something like that would no, be. She's, she's got us in salary. Four coin being basically four times the lowest amount we could get paid. Yeah, the lowest amount you could get paid being like, you know, a day's worth of food and and expense. Uh, the other thing I need to know for me to start the engagement role is the, uh, the route and the means. Uh, so for transporting, it sounds like you're going from the docks to Coleridge. Now, you do have Carl, but uh, you do have options in terms of how you get there. Do you intend to use Carl as your uh, your means of getting this crate? Yeah, I think so. So uh, they're just figuring out a route right now. Yep. Moros isn't so interested in the route, so she's already back in the car. car. She's back in Carl. 
<laughs> and like Carl the car. You know how like magicians like play with their cards constantly like figure out card tricks? She's just doing like a deck of tarot cards and it's just sitting there waiting for you guys. I feel like that is just like bad rap playing with tarot cards later. <laughs> who's who's lifting the crate? I'm not a cruiser. I'm, like, I'm not a strong is, man. Is it is it something that cruiser can lift by herself? You're pretty strong and almost, yeah. Like if you're going a short distance with it, it's a, a fairly unwieldy large wooden crate mm-hmm. um, that's sealed. It's not uniform. Whatever's inside is is like heavier on one side, or, or and and but even like can roll around if you tip it over, it goes. Thump. It's not strapped. Okay. okay. It's not like yeah, strapped in or secured or something so, like that. So I'll help you. Cool. I, I think would Carl be able to accommodate a, a large? Yeah, like it would have the. He would have yeah. had to. Suitcases. That's true. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> For all the tourists of uh, Duskfall. <laughs> uh, question about the neighborhoods. Yes. yes. We're looking at a route here. Is yep. there anything you can tell us about Crow's Foot and... Yeah. It shows you your incomes and stuff, too. Yeah, exactly. So, for instance, you're, uh, it sounds like you're going through Crow's Foot. That is gangland central. There's really uh, never going to be a, a completely safe way to go. Um, it's just, are you going to be encountering more more bluecoats in the richer estates of uh, uh, richer neighborhoods? Are you going to be encountering more gangs and rivals in the slums? It's it's really up to you, but there's no just clear-cut path, of course. So, we either go through Charter Hall, or we go through Dunsloo, it looks like. Yep. Those seem to be the, uh, two routes. the two routes. So we could either go back through Brightstone, Charter Hall, Coleridge, or we could go south through Crowsfoot, and then up through Charter Hall, or we could just go straight across. What do you guys think about route? Do you have a, a preference? Do you want to go through the particularly low-income, rough parts of town, or do we take this through the busier but probably less crime-ridden parts? Of town? You've, you've got some contacts with the blue coats. I think we stick to the wealthier portion of town. Morris like grew up so, and like worked in the like the shitty parts of town, so she's fine with whatever. Like, so Charter stuff. Hall, it says, is the city's civic offices and the hubs for shops, artisans, and commerce are here. Mm-hmm. Petra, the city clerk, would probably be in there. Uh, absolutely. So it sounds like the uh, the more business district is your path. Oh, we are doing, doing the business. There you go. Right? You are uh, legitimate courier business incorporated. Is that like written on the side of Carl? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, obviously it used to be like the estate's wagon, so we put it on and we, oh, none of us are artists. Like cricket lettering. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's almost like carved in, not barely even painted. So, knowing uh, that we've got a general idea of the uh, the transport and route, it's time to start the score with an engagement roll. So this tells us when you start, uh, it puts you right into the action, tells us how well you're starting off, either in a very advantageous position or a very disadvantageous. So let's have somebody, Morose, if you want to grab some D6s there. We always start with one D, one dice die for just sheer luck. Now, we could also say, is this operation particularly bold or daring, or is it complex or, or challenging? It, if it were, you'd add another die for it, but it doesn't sound like, this sounds like a pretty standard job for you guys familiar with what you've done in the past. And just as a, uh, a, a note of correction, yeah, the, uh, the moon in Duskfall looms huge and bright, swelling with each passing year, as if drawn ever closer by some terrible power. During the phases of its transit, it appears to multiply across the sky into pairs and trios and sibling lights, each reflected 
Very strange, and there's no shortage of uh, hypotheses from philosophers and cultists to try to explain these phenomena. I feel like the moon there should be in quotations. I think the actual moon probably disappeared when the sun blew up. Uh, let's get that <laughs> engagement roll going. <laughs> All right, yeah, roll it. Uh, so uh, before you roll, um, one D for luck, and let's say plus one D for uh, this is your bread and butter. This is not an assassination job that you're less familiar with. Uh, you guys are, while fledgling, you're smugglers, and you know um, this kind of material quite well. So uh, let's uh, go ahead and pitch that out and see how well we're starting the... Five and a four. Great. So of a five and a four, we just look at the highest result, which is a five, mm -hmm. which is a you know good position to be in because it's a four or five, but not a six. So I would say then that, you know, as you're, you know, you've got Carl loaded up, the five of you are in there, you know, uh, Carl indignant as ever is happy to get out of this place. And you see though, that as you're driving out, along these docks, always quite dark, of course. The gate uh, ahead of you is just starting to close. And you can see some dock workers and that, uh, that you don't recognize, just seemingly sh uh, closing up shop for the night. What do you do? Is it closed or is it closing? It's closing. Gunner. We could maybe get Carl to give it a little bit of extra ghost juice. So you want to uh, just gun it out. Do, do they look like they're intentionally trying to close us in, or do they look like they're just... It's the time of the day that they close it. It's it's closing time, yeah. I feel like if they saw us give it a little bit of extra, they're gonna they'll hold it for a second because mm -hmm. it's just gonna be problematic if we just bust through. And get her done, so to speak. The, the gate moves quite slowly, but say again, needle that you're gunning it to get out. Yeah, give it give it some of the extra juice there, uh, Carl. <laughs> You hear a, a groaned sigh, and, and actually, no, I, I think Carl likes to stretch his, uh, his ghostly legs a little bit, and says, my pleasure, and you hear the sudden acceleration as, you know, the, the engine whirs up, and of course the dock workers take notice of you, and you're able to gun it and get out just as the gate is closing, but of course, you know, you kind of, I'm imagining you, there's a little bit of a hill there, and you kind of gun up and make a little bit of noise getting out of this place. You hear a, a large thud from the back where your cargo is kind of bouncing around in there, and, you know, as the car kind of lands, as it comes down from this gunning it, you hear, ugh, from the box, and, and nothing else. Uh, otherwise, you find yourself in this uh, very, very, you know, well, not so crowded area of the docks as it's getting out, but do you just continue on your path? I thought this was a simple transport mission. You guys moved the box. Is there something in there? This is a simple transport mission. We're moving the box. That's the mission. Are we getting more money for getting it there alive? There aren't air holes in the thing. Like, it's probably cursed. It's just go. Am I able to do, like, an arcane check or something else? Absolutely, yeah. So you're a, you're a whisperer. You deal with the the adept and arcane. So what are you, what are you looking for exactly? I'm going to try and get an idea what's in there, if it's alive or like, uh, if it is magic and everything. Yeah, so uh, of the uh, the skills that you've got, that could be, could just be a, a tune or it could be study. You know, perceiving and communicating with ghosts is uh, a tune. It's it's really your call on that one. Yeah, I'm going to do a study. Great. So uh, what's your study? One. Great. One dice. Yeah, and, and again, just uh, to be clear, you can always have somebody assist you for one dice, uh, to add one die. That would cost them stress. You can also push yourself by taking two stress to get another die. Okay. And every time you roll a die, unless it's a six, there's going to be some kind of consequence. Does anybody want to investigate in the box? Nope. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Okay. So he just saved the stress. So how are you assisting, Tinkerer? I would probably assist in the in the study as well. 
Um, that's kind of one of but my. What are you doing? I guess. Yeah, you Moros is like running her hands at the box and trying to like sense our energy, and she's just kind of like lifting it a little bit and trying to get a bit of the size. I think. I think kind of like studying the movements when the box is moving, just trying to get a figure yeah. of what what reacts inside and how it reacts. Basically, shaking the Christmas presents. Basically, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, yeah. So that's that's fantastic assisting. So you would take one stress for that, okay. and you get uh, plus one die to your roll. Three and four. Yeah. So four being the highest is successful at a cost, of course. Um, you are able to determine th- that this is a-, a body inside. Happy Halloween and welcome back to DM's Test Kitchen. I hope everyone's Octobers are going well and you're enjoying our dive into Blades in the Dark. This ended up being a quite a long episode and would have been even longer if we didn't end up splitting it into two. So what you're listening to is part one and part two will come out next Thursday, October the 25th, with us returning to our regular scheduled programming as promised on November 1st. Also on that note, if Blade sounds like something you'd like to check out for yourself, I've got news for you. We'll be doing our first giveaway this month. We'll be giving away a copy of Blades in the Dark rulebook signed by all of us terrible people, including our mascot, Gary Hydrax. For details on that, check out our social media or website, dmstestkitchen.com. In other news, we want to congratulate some friends of the podcast. Mike and Scott of Dark Routine, a podcast about the darker side of Canadian history and crime, who recently were picked up by Chorus Entertainment. We highly recommend checking them out if that sounds like your kind of thing, and congrats guys, we're all so proud of you and happy for you. Also, Nathan will be appearing on an episode of Mimics and Monstrosities. More details to come, but keep an eye out on our social media for updates on that. At this point though, it sounds like the episode will be up this Friday. Do you want to give a shout out about your business, project, venture, or just to some friends? Be sure to check out our contact form on our website, dmstestkitchen.com. As always, Thanks so much for listening, and if you want to keep up to date on everything DMTK, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and check out dmstestkitchen.com to find out more about what we're doing, get your hands and information about systems we're playing, and more. If you'd like to help support us, also visit the website and click the donate button and check out our merch store. We appreciate all kinds of support, little or small, but one of the best things you can do for us is share us. Tell people about us and tweet about us using the DMTK hashtag. That's all for today, so let you get back to our spooky adventure. That's very clear from, you know, moving it around the way it flops inside. Definitely a person of some kind in there. But uh, as you're moving it around, you know, the weight kind of shifts very suddenly at one point. So it still uh, falls down on the surface or, or on the floor of the uh, vehicle of Carl. And, you know, Carl exclaimed, damn, what the hell was that? And uh, sort of a corner broke off, though. It was sealed before. Now it's uh, not. And there's a, there's a cold wind that kind of pours out of this box, but otherwise uh, has no other effect. Aside from you hear more uh, groaning and starting to hear uh, movement inside. In the cold wind, Mm -hmm. would any of us be familiar with that, or are there any scent associated with it? Yeah, can I use my attuning power? Uh, Yeah, you could, absolutely. So uh, roll it up to maybe, uh, again, perceive or communicate uh, with ghosts. Yeah, so yeah, attune is two. So you're kind of attuning into the uh, ghost field, and uh, you're trying to get a sense of, of what is, uh, is there something supernatural about uh, what's inside? And as you start to uh, shift, you kind of feel it push back against you, and you kind of uh, feel a, a, a crackle of electricity in your mind, and you actually take, because of a, the failure of that... Um, so I rolled a three and a two, so as a three, that's a failure. And because of that, you would also, uh, because attuning is always quite dangerous, take level two psychic harm. 
Okay. And so you just mark but that. But that psychic harm doesn't tell her what was in the box? That's right, okay. because it, it was unsuccessful. So what do I just write then? On level two there, just psychic harm. Okay. And now, because you're harmed, everything is minus one die for you. So you've got to push yourself more because of the mental um, imposition that was just put on you. I told you to just leave it alone. Yeah, okay, well, let's get the fucking thing away. Before we forget about it, one of the mechanics you talked about was load. Yes. Uh, so it's always assumed that, other, if not specified, you go up with a normal load. But this is a great reminder, actually, thanks, Tyler, to uh, decide are you going with a light, medium, or heavy loadout. This will just determine how many items you have access to as you need them. And what's the negative for taking low or high, or positive? Uh, a higher load means that you look like you're ready to do some crime. Okay. Yeah. A lighter load means that you're much easier uh, at blending in and looking inconspicuous. So yeah. I am taking a light load. Yeah, and a heavy load. Yeah, I think since this is a normal transfer mission, um, Morris will probably take a light load as well. We have a bodyguard. That's, that's all we need. Yeah, I'm going to go with a normal, normal load. Oh, yeah, it's very normal. Um, and actually, since we had a consequence there, this is a good chance to introduce the idea that we can res or you can resist consequences okay. by spending stress, of course. So, so I can resist the Yes, exactly. Card? So Morose, what you could do is say, you know what, Brian, I, I want to resist that. And then I would either negate or reduce consequence in some way. Okay, so yeah, I think Moros would instinctively try to resist it. Okay, so you kind of sense that kind of pushback coming at you. Yeah. And in order to uh, resist that, we look at your attribute rating, which you were tuning, yes? Yeah. And you've got, it looks like, those are crossed out, right? Yeah, oh, well, no, those are my abilities. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you've got actually three in your entire uh, resolve. resolve area. So uh, you suffer six stress when you resist, minus the highest die result from your resistance uh, roll. So because you've got three in resolve at the first column there, mm -hmm. uh, roll three die. Oh god. Uh, two there you go. And that is two sixes always, or multiple sixes is always a critical success. So you actually resist that for free and take no stress. Woo. And then that would be uh, reduced to a uh, level one harm instead, calling it a concussion. Uh, well, and you, you just get a massive headache. So you've uh, started to realize that there's something in here that is not, that is, maybe alive in some way, and you're able to hear uh, sort of a faint <laughs> wheezing uh, breath coming from inside, but otherwise nothing else. Uh, maybe not a bad idea, we could probably secure the load, so it's not well, now it's also got a crack in the corner, too, so it's kind of... Well, and you said there was a wind coming out of that. Uh, it was just a, a moment, yes. It's not a constant. Oh, okay. So yeah. just just little, the, it was a little air cooler yeah. in there or something. And it, there was it was it stank, a... though. Okay. Yeah. You broke the seal. Stank. You broke the seal. It stank real bad. <clears throat> Do we have anything immediately around us that we could kind of just temporarily patch that up or something? Yeah. Like, look look at your item hurt. about. Actually, climbing gear would actually probably help just yep. to... All, all kinds of, uh, you know, I don't know, canvases, so ropes, ropes. And, and so on. I just, I worry that if there's like a little hole, then like a finger could come out and make it a bigger hole, yeah. that kind of thing. Then let's have, uh, you're able, you know, the tinkerer to, uh, you know, cross that item off. Well, we're just looking oh, at his options. Because yeah. yeah. like, the climbing gear costs two. It is, yeah, I guess it costs two slots. Yeah, because it's, it's a lot of it's material. material. Uh, so yeah, we'll go with, use the tinkering tools. Uh, to maybe grab some scraps and yep. and kind of weigh out weigh down the box. Now with items, are they? Does he now always have tinkering tools with him for the rest of the day, or yeah, is it like yeah. he's used them once and that's it? Uh, depending on what the item is, sometimes they can be Fair. more temporary or permanent. But generally speaking, no. This is the thing I brought with me. Okay. Um, whether that thing is a one-time use, it's up to the thing. Gotcha. That being said, uh, are you continuing on once it's kind of patched up? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think we we the we've got a driver that's just. 
going to do the driving mm -hmm. for us, knows yeah. where to go. So unless something comes up on the street, I think the car is just generally in motion. Huh, what did we decide? I'd, I'd say avoid crows first. I thought we were going to stay in the richer parts of town. Yeah, so I would... So go through Brightstone? Brightstone and Charter Hall. Yeah, I go through... Yeah, Brightstone, then Charter Hall, and head over to Coleridge. Coleridge. So Brightstone was the way we, we came through, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. And so it's you're able then to, again, as the docks are shutting down quite quietly, it is very, it's not like there's a ton of activity here, and you're able to kind of cruise quietly and calmly through and outside of the uh, the docks area. As you're kind of going through the docks, of course, it's it's dark. It's quiet, but that's kind of the ideal situation for right now. And that's part of your successful engagement goal as well, that uh, there wasn't too much trouble getting out of here. So Moros is going to be sitting kind of in the back with the box, just kind of watching it mm -hmm. as we're going, because she's really suspicious of it at this point. Yeah, and, and it's still just the, you, that constant, very slow <sighs> wheezing that is escaping through, despite the fact that it's hatched up. And you hear the, the just very occasional on the uh, side of the box, but otherwise that's every few minutes or something. It's not a constant. So I'm gonna sit up front in the sort of like wagon seat next to where Carl's cadaver is. Yeah. Cardaver. Carl Daver. Carl Daver. That's his full name. Carl Daver. <laughs> Mr. Daver. <laughs> uh, and you make your way uh, outside of the uh, quiet docks into uh, Brightstone, it sounds like, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, a Brightstone being a much more affluent uh, part of town, and again, cars are more common here. And just as cruising through, you see the occasional car there. It's not so crowded here, but uh, again, something in the, uh, in the distance, funny that'll probably happen a lot. You see a uh, blue coat uh, roadblock. Uh, the, is there any way to avoid it? Like, can we go down an alley or, uh, or something? There are many alleys all over, even in the uh, the, the more affluent areas here. However, they're much uh, s smaller and difficult to navigate with a uh, the vehicle that you've got. Right. We, we don't want to be too over and park the car. Suspicious looking. You know what it is? It can be invisible. We could take the crate out walk it down an alley, and have the car go through the roadblock, get checked, whatever, and meet us on the other side of the alley. If there's a way to loop around a roadblock, then it's not a roadblock. Well, we, maybe they're just checking for seatbelts. Uh, in this moment, one of the uh, blue coats starts waving you through. Or, well, not waving you <laughs> through, but waving you onward. Yeah, and we slow down. I They've see, seen us. I think, yeah. We, so, um, we're going to move up front and like, get her leg. Grab like Carl's uh, legs and just sort of flip them back. <laughs> <laughs> so as Bruiser's tucking her items deeper into her pockets. As you you start to shape up a little bit, and I'll also just mention uh, the probably last really important available mechanic that you have at all times during the score, which is you can always call back to a flashback, and you can say uh, kind of like in that Ocean's Eleven style. As the action is happening, it then shows you what happened in the past to make this possible. <laughs> so maybe, and, and not, I'm not suggesting you need to do this right now, but at the cost of stress, you can always flash back to say that, oh, well, this is how I planned for that, or that this is, you know, how I got the key for this door. 
mm-hmm. in the first place, and it might involve a roll. Um, it might involve you know more stress taken, for instance. I, I would say, given that I have point in sway, I don't know how to say that sort of in character. Yeah. That I that I can sway others, maybe more than some. I do have a sway point as well. Yeah. <laughs> we all do. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I mean. <laughs> um, well, we okay, so maybe you should hop out of the driver's seat and one of us should hop <laughs> yeah. in. Uh, but also I kind of have an inside edge with the blue coat that may come into play here, just if we want to see about talking our way through. Yeah, get up there, Needle. And I'll also say, too, because several of you have sway, and I know I said the last time would be the, uh, uh, the flashback would be one of the last mechanics. The actual last one I'll mention is leading a group action, where this is kind of how you all do a, th- a, a, a thing together. Maybe you all sway together, and that means somebody leads it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for instance, uh, if you wanted to, uh, maybe uh, Needle, you lead the, uh, the group action. I have a command action. I think we all took command as well. Sure. Uh, but either way, uh, the mechanic is that you would all, uh, somebody would lead it, everybody would roll their ability of that thing that you're doing, whether it's sway, and then of everybody's, the highest success goes, but for every failure, the leader takes stress. So I can imagine that we've also planned this in the past because we've had to do this a bunch of times. So mm-hmm. I imagine yeah, we've, of we've got a routine. So like, yeah, like we've like we've all kind of like worked out the the kinks of this thing and like have role played it. You hear, uh, we can see very clearly ahead mm-hmm. of you the the blue coats going through, kind of looking their lanterns in different vehicles. Asking uh, uh, questions, for instance. I like the documentation idea that we would have some kind so of. So, are you are you leading this action then? I can. Okay, so mark off documentation as one of your items. Yeah, and do we want to do this as a group action, or do you want to just do it by yourself? I've got a head cannon uh, for the story. We're going to documentation. We are transporting a shipment of fish from the docks. Fresh. Fresh fish. Mm-hmm. Night shipment. Doc- documentation. Awesome. Documentation. To the no. devil's. Devil's Tooth, depending on how well they're known. The Devil's Tooth is like a pub or tavern. Yeah. 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 yeah, we're delivering food. That's also why it's got a stink why and it's why stink. it's cold, because mm-hmm. you want to keep your fish fresh. Right. Yeah. 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 And presumably we might have like a small stack of documents on, like on the ready. Like fish trading license. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, like fish trading license, that sort of thing. You hear the kind of a knock at your window. With the uh, baton, I uh, roll down the window, <laughs> open the window, do whatever it was. However, uh, a carriage window opens. Yeah, heck, I'm not actually sure they would have windows with this, but uh, it's, uh, like, it's a hinged hin- like window. Yeah, yeah, holds down. And uh, and you see a uh, very old, kind of grizzled blue coat who's got a few bruises on him, and he's he's been around the beat a little bit. Kind of peering at you. Where are you headed? Devil's Tooth and. Coleridge. Coleridge. Right, there's been uh, an, an explosion, or excuse, not an explosion, a, a flurry of, uh, of unpleasant activity uh, in this area. Ghosts hate them. They seem to abound a bit more. You know anything about that? Uh, nope, not unless they're really into fish. Uh, I can't imagine they'd have anything to do with us. Uh, you're transporting fish? Yep, uh, we got the fish documentation. I'm assuming you want to see the papers here. Uh, You're yes. things a little too fast. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's because he's a transport guy. He's he's used to this. This is this is very common. He's on the clock. He's done this a yeah, right. hundred times. And I imagine the legitimate courier business incorporated has legitimate documentation. Absolutely. <laughs> so you 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 know it sounds like you sh- shuffle a bunch of papers in his hand. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's quite a. Quite a vehicle you've got for uh, fish delivery. Usually it's carts and wagons, isn't it? Well, this old thing, I mean, if, if you had a better cart or wagon, we'd happily trade this thing in. It's all constantly breaking down on us. 
and uh, you hear almost like the whatever the ghostly engine of this kind of uh, spurts <laughs> at that point. See what I'm talking um, about? <laughs> 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 Bang on the dash a little bit, and. Uh, uh, it sounds like you're trying to uh, sway. Sway a little bit. Uh, so think, go ahead. I think we're all contributing to this story. So I'm mm-hmm. and in fact, like a leader. Yeah, I think that's a, a great uh, a point, man. It's not hard to see that there's also a, quite a lot of people in this uh, vehicle. And says that's a it's a big uh, a group of folks there. You got for a fish delivery. Well, you know they've got this fresh fish thing going on down at the Devil's Tooth, and uh, a couple of the dock workers were done, and uh, you know maybe. Uh, yeah. Uh, Fresh Fish Friday. You know, the, the, if we get there on time, uh, there's a couple <laughs> that might come our way. So, you know. So you're giving these dock workers a lift? Uh, essentially, yeah. Uh, uh, all right. And he's, he's shuffling through these... Uh, Prisoner is dressed in, like, work clothes and has steel-toed boots on, like, could pass as a dock worker. Uh, is, is, like, a costume or disguise for one of your items, I think, available? No, she's just wearing her regular Navy coveralls and oh, like, yeah. just work clothes. You're absolutely right. I remember you did say yeah. Navy uh, uh, coveralls. So go ahead and roll uh, sway, but before uh, you do needle, uh, what is your sway by default? One point of sway. Great, one point of sway. Is this a, And this is a group action? Yeah, let's try a group action. Okay, and because of the documents, needle take plus one to your roll. And then everybody roll your sway, and Needle's going to take stress for anybody that fails. Cool. Since I know sway, I roll two dice to take, take the lowest. Take lowest, yes. Oh. Guys, a two. Sixes! Three sixes over here. Guys, come on. Um, one side one. of the table is way better I than like the other you. side of the table. So it sounds like six. Three sixes. Like making her Se- uh, like several sixes on that. Just looking for the. Uh, so it's absolutely uh, successful with uh, little to no consequences, and you see this grizzled uh, blue coat kind of chuckling, say he hasn't had a decent piece of fish in God knows how long. Maybe I'll make my way down there uh, after a shift. I'll see you there, won't I? Absolutely. Uh, hands you your uh, uh, papers, and just as you're pulling away, as uh, this blue coat goes to the uh, next vehicle behind you, uh, you hear another. From the crate that is just out of earshot of uh, of your friend, Got the, some live ones. Uh, the blue coat, fresh fish, fresh. Hey, real fresh, <laughs> <The freshest>. real <laughs> fantastic. So you're able to, uh, in in very successful terms, get that uh, blue coat out of your hair. You're kind of progressing through. And do I take stress? Oh that? yes, thank you. I, I forgot. Uh, what were the failures? One, two, two. So I rolled a two. Uh, a two, a two, two, and a one. I think that's just uh, three, three stress, stress. Uh, for three people that uh, participated and did not succeed. Their stories weren't look, quite in line. With I look yeah. back. Else's. I look back into the rest of the cabin and say, "Boy, that was stressful." <laughs> <laughs> it's Moros's concussion. Concussion. She's just kind of like out of it. Oh yeah. Um, Sorry, boss. What's your concussion? Uh, one. Uh, so less effect. Is, so less than one. <laughs> uh, well, it's it's not a minus a die roll, but everything you do is less potent and less powerful, yeah. or less effective than it would have normally How do you been. How know that you have a concussion already? Uh, level one uh, harm here from oh, okay. trying to uh, attune to the ghost field and failing. Cool. Well, let's actually uh, say that you know there's no more roadblocks. You're kind of uh, clear of that. Where's the next destination after Brightstone on your route? You're uh, Charter Hall. Yep. And go through Charter Hall straight to Cole. Basically. And Charter Hall, as you kind of exit through this opulent, you know, area of estates and upper class, uh, you're able to get down into uh, Charter Hall, which is more of a business district. That of course it's after hours; things aren't open as much. There's still plenty of, you know, bars, more underground places of indulgence, of course. 
and it's still quite crowded through here. So rather than the open streets of Brightstone, you're going into very crowded uh, mercantile street. As you're navigating down these streets and you hear the occasional, you hear Carl speak up, uh, which is a, a little bit less common, uh, you know, when you're in the middle of a job. Usually it's, it's pretty much just get to the place quickly and quietly. You hear a, a Carl with a, a strained voice saying that there's there's something in in there. You, you have to, I can't, it, it, and it, it sort of cuts out almost like radio jamming. jamming. And uh, you hear uh, a, more wheezing coming from that box a little bit more actively, and it seems to coincide with Carl cutting out and the vehicle just coming to a stop. Okay, so um, I have some items listed here for my class. Yeah. Can you tell me what they are? So, sure. of a fine lightning hook. Fine lightning hook, a long two-handed pole with a loop of heavy wire at the end, connected to, to an electroplasmic capacitor, suitable for grappling a spirit and dragging it into a spirit bottle. Okay, and then a fine spirit mask. Allows a trained user to see supernatural energies in great detail. Maros is going to try a fine spirit mask. And and it, what are you looking to accomplish with it? I'm looking to look at the box to see if I can identify what, if it is a kind of a spirit. So, uh, go ahead and roll up your attune with a plus one for your... Uh, spirit mask, and, and this is you again working your way into uh, the ghost field a little bit to sense what's happening uh, in this. Uh, that looks like a six, doesn't it? Yes. Boom. So uh, successful with little to no consequence, and yeah, through the spirit mask, you're able to kind of shut out the the well the physical world that you're in and really uh, st step into another realm, and you get a sense of certainly a dead person in the uh, in the box that is not dead and not alive and it's unclear how this is how this could exist and there's a heck of a lot of anger and and frustration emanating from this and you sense that emanation just slowly building so like i turn the group and I'm like i don't know what this is but whatever's in there is riding between worlds and it's not happy and it's getting stronger and and you also again get the with your successful attunement you can Carl is really nowhere to be found in this ghost veil and seems to interfere and kind of twist this ghost veil and the, the the vehicle that you're in is just silent and immobile at this point. Carl has also fled the coop, so this might get tricky, guys. Pulling from the resources of my items here, I think if it's correct. A spirit being charmed? I just, just, I just that looked up. that one up. It's on page 88. <laughs> it's an item that costs zero load that uh, ghosts and spirits prefer to avoid. But if we do that, like, Carl won't work either, I imagine. And you've got not people honking behind you, but there's the vehicle is now stopped dead in the middle of the street. What's going on? Uh, well, it's, it's camouflage, it but. I thought it doesn't just go invisible when it's stopped, does it? Well, the question is, does Carl cause that to happen? Is that a Carl ability? Yeah, is it like he's actively choosing to go oh, I like that. or or is it just like you can't okay, see so it when it's not moving? Camouflage so is disabled at the moment. This thing is okay. kind of between, you know, World spirit world. Yeah. Uh, ghost uh, it's kind of on both sides concurrently. Yeah, a little bit. So would that mean that we might be able to affect it with physical objects or or things that we might be able to create? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it does have a physical presence inside that crate. Okay, what I'm thinking is, I was thinking about using my bandolier to create a trance powder to calm it down. 
Mm. And maybe that would also help Carl come back and get us moving again. So uh, I like that actually, yeah. Okay. Um, because as as far as you can tell, this thing is, whatever's inside it, is causing the source of the problem. You were able to attune that quite clearly. And something to calm this thing would be presumably effective at reversing what's happened. Okay, cool. So that's an item that you've marked off? Yep. Fantastic. And how are you administering this? I mean, there's a, there's, there's a hole in the crate. like that we, There was, that was Or passed, there was, yeah, yeah I so guess. You, uh, I'm gonna unpatch the hole. Gonna unpatch the hole and dump that trans powder in there. So you're reaching in? Oh hell no! <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just gonna like crack a bit where the uh, where okay, it is and then was... just dump the powder in there. Close um, it up and see what happens. All right, I, I'm give it a little shake. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> make sure it gets a good coating. Yeah. yeah. Can you? I don't know if there's a specific skill for this because you just. Was, I would think tinker. Oh like, yeah, as a as a thing. Yes, a absolutely. Thing. You're absolutely right. I totally missed Tinker. Thank you. <laughs> so, what is your Tinker? Um, two. Two. So you could roll to die. Uh, you could have someone assist you. You could push yourself for another one. And tell you what, there's also one of my favorite uh, mechanics is the Devil's Bargain. This is where I can offer you plus one die in exchange for something that for a, uh, possibly a consequence or something that could affect the narrative in some way. So we'd say that. Uh, for plus one die, if this fails, uh, you'd spill the um, uh, the trans powder inside the vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> He's accepted the devil's deal. All right, roll it up. He's never not going to accept a devil's deal. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a four. So four. That is a success. You are able to you know wedge out the, uh, the patchwork that you did. And you know, carefully pour this. It's a powder. Yes, this is mm-hmm. success with consequence. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, you are able to, uh, you know, hear that thing inside. Kind of the wheezing starts to slow, and it actually slows to, you know, almost almost nothing. So you do inhale a bit, and not enough to knock you out unconscious, but you're real loopy and. One of the side effects maybe of trans powder is that it puts people into a very agreeable and honest state. <laughs> truth. <laughs> but your years of substance abuse have kind of like offset its, it's full. Potency. Yeah, you're not yeah. you're not dead. You're yeah. just you know kind of high. Yeah, you're, right. you're quite high actually. So is that and, what I'm putting down for harm? High from? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually. Uh, well, like it, I don't know if it would come down Trans to poisoning. Yeah, Maybe less effect, right? Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. well, and it's a good way to keep track of it too. So level one harm, uh, trance effect, whatever you want to call it, to remember that you are quite. <laughs> yeah. Dopey and deliriously happy with uh, how things are going, <laughs> and chatty, and you know, just really loving life at this point, and wanting to make sure you tell people about it. I feel like this is not the first time this has happened in our experience. No, I feel like this is part of why he carries the trance. Yeah, just some recreational trance powder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what happens in the crate? The wheezing slowed, and there's a, 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 a relaxation. Okay. Of course, trance powder. Not yes, everything is super calm right now. <laughs> so. Bruiser imbues the uh, manacles and chain with ghost energy, spirit energy, and hands them to Needle mm-hmm. and says, Okay, I'm going to pry the top off this crate and I'm going to tackle the thing. You're going to put the manacles on it. And can I just raise my hand and say, Hard no? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's cold. It's okay. This should probably work. It's asleep now. Can Secondly, I- we're delivering an item. We don't want to open said item. It's a sealed crate. Can I suggest, as an, as an infiltrator... We already drugged the item. Hey, it's their fault they didn't have like a hazardous you know, 
transport sticker on it. We didn't know. It's on the bottom. We've got it like this <laughs> side <laughs> down. <laughs> yeah, this way up. So listen, as an infiltrator, I might be able to open up the box with less of an impact than, say, prying it open so that we can reseal it so sure. that it doesn't look like, like we opened up the cart crate that we weren't supposed to open. Is Carl back? Like, are uh, we able to continue moving? You are able to. You hear the whatever engine you might imagine sort of hmm, uh, hum back to life a little bit and hear an exhaust. Ex- I just imagine that we know this by like a ghost radio. That plays uh, yeah. music. <laughs> that Carl's present whenever there's this mm-hmm. music. Welcome back, Carl. <laughs> and it's kind of like it's kind of like a record player skipping back into play. Yeah. <laughs> if we had the licensing, I would recommend Ghost Town by the Specials. <laughs> but um, you do hear uh, before you um, manacle this thing, or possibly attempt to, hear an exasperated and very troubled Carl. What? 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 What was that? What you did with, you do? You with us, buddy? What? I. I blacked out? I, I don't know what happened. We're not sure, but we're getting on top of it. Get, you I have to get this the out of here. The sooner we get to our destination, the sooner we can get rid of this thing. What it, whatever it's doing is 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 repelling the ghosts, and they seem to uh, be converging now. Converging. It's like ghosts coming towards the car? Yes, and you're not able to necessarily see it super well, but this thing uh, seems to repel uh, and twist spirit energy. Uh, and now that it has been shut down, that spirit energy is now coming to try to destroy it. So with my massive, do I see things coming? Uh, yes. You, <laughs> it's almost like you see the, uh, the you know, kind of vaguely mundane streets and you put this on and there's just like, like figures. Guys, uh, guys, did anyone bring a spirit charm? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's easy to grab. I have it amongst my items I can pull. Like, do we risk pulling this out to fuck with Carl? Got it in a special bag that, like... Can we hang it on, like, shields. a pole off the back of the thing? <laughs> as we, like, race it? Like a anti-carrot? What's the idea of putting it on the rearview mirror? Pulling out Carl? I mean, they could just be two dice. It's up to you what the charm actually is. So, yeah. I definitely will clip out our spirit charm. Okay. Ah, and you hear Carl uh, groan, and he's he's still present. But what what is that? Well, you just don't want to be near it, and it's behind you, so move away from it. <laughs> <laughs> Run the other way. Giddy up, Carl, and we gotta keep going. With, with that, you hear a lurch forward and a stop, and a lurch and a stop, and oh, no. you're stuttering along down, and you're moving, but it's at a, at a very awkward and uh, conspicuous pace. This isn't really low-key, Carl. Is there anything we can do about this? Get rid of that thing! <laughs> do we have any way of, like, extending it further off the back to, like, ward off these things without killing Carl? Uh, you don't imagine that, like, you can carry this with you and still not affect. Right. You're, you're in too close proximity. Well, then, I guess I'm gonna get on the back of the wagon with my fine lightning fork and spirit bottles. And just be ready to bring us some ghosts if they get too close. Yeah, so, and I'm gonna rethink my plan of opening up this crate ah. and trying to put the the manacles on it because <laughs> if it's repelling spirit energy, then the the manacles might not work on it, and then we just have an open repellent thing. We're ghost fishing. This is amazing. So are are we still keeping the spirit bane charm? Well, that's the other half is we're not gonna move with it effectively. How far out would you say we are? Are we still in Charter Hall? Uh, yes, you are still in the uh, the business district. 
And with that, I'm just, I want to kind of review the scene right now. The thing in the box is now docile. You are, the tinkerer is high as a kite um, and very excited about what's happening and it's going very well. Guys, there's ghosts coming to talk to us. <laughs> this thing is going to be so exciting. I'm going to have so much new recipes for you guys to play with. <laughs> uh, Bruiser, can you pitch me out a fate die? Just a single... Uh, D6, please. Two. Uh, no longer my favorite D6. Carl uh, lurches forward uh, again as he's done a few times at this point, and you hear a thump and a scream as you apparently hit someone. There's people starting to crowd around as wh- whoever you hit is still alive and screaming under the car. Um, oh, God. Oh, my God. goes out to either do first aid or do away with as <laughs> quietly as possible. <laughs> Wait, like, isn't like the sound of thing you just sort of backed up, solve the issue? Uh, yeah, but that was first aid. That was people watching. Who, do, can we see who this person was? I'll get out. Um, Bruiser's going to lift Carl off the person, shove Carl to the side. Like, is, is the person pinned under a wheel? Between wheels, basically. Okay. Um, and you also see that this is, uh, you know, nobody that you recognize but is an old uh, merchant from town that was clearly um, just, you know, going to, uh, coming out of the pub after hours and jaywalked. We're just going to go look how, how bad the damage is. You have a, a peek under the car and it's hard to see, but, you know, there's people are starting to, you know, not, not gather in a huge crowd, but start to kind of stop and, and look over what's going on. And through the ambient light, you're able to, to see that this person is, is just like, their torso is kind of twisted a bit backwards. And uh, there's no saving them. Uh, not not with w- any obvious means. What's but like what's Medicare like in this area? <laughs> and uh, you start to hear some shouts of uh, people calling for the uh, the the, Physiker? the the physicers. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So and we're just gonna look up to Needle and say, "Go do crowd control." Okay. And she's gonna pull out a blunt object and finish the job. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Tinker? Uh, yeah. Um, so... Hi, Tinker. Moros is just Okay, like, it's just a bad so, guy. <laughs> this is all real exciting and stuff, but we need to get the hell out of here. And he's as he's saying this, he's messing around with his bandolier, and he's like, I've got to smell bomb. You finish the job. I'll Hang throw on. the bomb. I don't care if we run people over. Let's get the fuck out of here. Is there any way to make... Sounds good, too. Is there any way to make the ghosts visible to the other people or make them aware of it? To feel like if we can just be like, holy shit, look at all those ghosts coming down the street at us, people will turn their concern away from the murder that's about to happen. No, I think you just need to, like, send everybody, like, make everybody, you know how, like, when you do first aid at a at an area, you you point at somebody and, like, you, go call an ambulance, and, like, you start giving jobs to people? Just give everybody the job of going to get the physical. Or we're not there just, like, offering a prize. We're not that rich. No. Yeah, no. No. I like the distraction game. Blast. Yeah. Okay. I'm not opposed to a smoke bomb either. Yeah, I'm not either. But, like, give them the impression that we're do-gooders who are, like, doing first aid over here. Okay. Just give us a moment and, like, give us space. And there's just nothing that could be done for him. Okay, yeah. Her. Um, yes. Them. You haven't yeah. asked. Yeah, male or female? Old, old man or old woman? Uh, it looks like an old man. All right. Okay, I'll, I'll hop out of the car. Mm-hmm. If there's, Is there a way to make it look like I didn't hop out of the car? <laughs> and I'm like... Oh, we've got there's nothing to see here. And you can absolutely uh, roll prowl, uh, prowl. Ooh, I got two dice in prowl. You're a lurk. 
That's a five. Four and a five. And so you're able to successfully uh, make it look as though you just sort of appeared from behind the car and kind of duck out away from people's attention. But what would a good consequence of that be, do you think? What what went wrong when you did that? I feel I wasn't at my personal best. It weighs on my conscience heaven, heavenly. Um, uh, the ghosts are on that side. I, I like it. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, the, the ghost that you're able to kind of almost see in this ethereal way because of how uh, close they are. They they see you and there's a, a crackle of uh, blue electricity just flares up and and uh, catches you. So you would take level one damage from that uh, severe burns. Great, thanks for the help, Tyler. Hey, you said you liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget, you can also always resist consequences as well. In and fact, what, burns would be level two. What What is the... Uh... Resistance? Yeah, how does that work? You again? would roll uh, uh, as many d6 as you've got um, under the insight column, that first... So, uh, so none. <laughs> for, oh, sorry, it was, sure, it was prow, uh, so prowess. Prowess, I apologize. Oh, prowess? Yeah. So I one, two, with three, four, five? With his cheating cheating? Just with the first in each column. So oh, in the first, three. so three. Yeah, and then you would uh, take the highest result, and that would be subtracted from the cost of six stress. Oh. Two sixes and a five. There you go, so critical uh, success. Uh, so you are able to resist that for, for free. And while the ghosts are still coming and still there, they they heed less attention to you, and you are not in any harm of the uh, electricity that flares up. So it sounds like you're going to sway the uh, crowd. I'm going to attempt to. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to um, just kind of show up on the scene very confidently, stride in there, kind of assess what's going on, maybe make it look like I'm I'm talking to. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna user. assist the sway by looking like I'm. Administering first call, game. Call out a couple, a couple people from the crowd that are kind of on looking, and maybe just to head that off at the past. Be like, oh, can you please go get and like make up a, a name that doesn't exist, but tell them that they're around the corner, so that they're just gonna like go around the corner to find a person that isn't there. And this is and this is all in the background of this old man screaming desperately uh, in pain. Right. Uh, so I'll help there's him with a, <laughs> a sense of urgency. So uh, it sounds like you're you're you know telling the crowd to disperse, mm-hmm. to uh, relax, to take control we, of the we've, situation. We've got this. Uh, we've got this under control. Please. Uh, I don't know if you uh, you 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 saw the the blockade, but mm-hmm. there's been an incident in town tonight. It's uh, mm-hmm. safer for everyone if you stay indoors. Taking a stress to give you a dice. Oh, so plus one for uh, for the stress. Yeah. yeah. So do I assisting. roll that or do you roll that or does it matter? You roll it. Uh, okay. You're assisting me, and two fives. Two fives, nice. So uh, you're able to successfully calm and uh, you know relax the uh, the crowd, and they start to disperse. But uh, I think you, uh, one of you, knows uh, as a consequence. One of you sees one of your rivals in that crowd. My rival just... does work in Charter Hall. Uh, and who is that? That would be Petra, the city clerk. And remind me. She's just, uh, she's just walking door. back from the, yes. the so, door. So as as the crowd disperses and starts to kind of make their way, oh, we gotta, we better get out of here. Actually, it seems like trouble. Mumble, mumble. Le- left in the crowd is Petra, just sternly looking at you, kind of shaking her head. And uh, and you're a thorn in Petra's side, I remember. Mm-hmm. And she sees me as part of the riffraff that she wants to get rid of. She is able to. Uh, she uh, sternly walks up to you and is about to give you like a good tearing down, but then she sees something uh, behind you and starts to look somewhere else. And you see the whites of her eyes go wide, and she sort of stumbles back. And of course, if you turn around, you'd see sort of a a, a slow flood of ghosts converging on your position. So I just sort of like look at the two and just sort of throw the necklace 
the charm. Yeah, the charm at the two over there. If I can, if I can kind of catch it with like a little bit of like a no look catch while I still maintain eye contact with, with her, Petra, yeah. just to just to be kind of real cool about yeah, it. Like, of course. I got this, lady. Absolutely. Um, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I just want to kind of give a sense of like maybe now's not the best time. Like. Um, to yeah. pick a fight. And, and as Petra, you know, has fallen backwards and she sees you just like no catch this charm out of the air while you're maintaining eye contact with her, she sort of like backs up and sort of scrambles and not even like looking at you and just to whatever's in the past. And with that throw, there's, uh, for those of you who can see the ghosts, it's sort of like a, a cloud dispersing, like oil and water kind of thing as they just uh, retract. Um, ethereally, away from your position. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just maneuver a little bit so that I'm kind of in the f- in the, the flow of them and kind of diverting them around the car. You know, what I mean, like so if they're if they're coming down like water, yeah, down the street, it's I'm, like I'm standing in the in center of that yeah. so that they kind of divert away from from the the, the car yeah. and and uh, at the same time extend a hand to Petra mm-hmm. to to. To try to to bring her in just so that she's safe temporarily from you know maybe try to to to, to distill Hostility. the hostilities uh, a little bit. It's really big of you. Yeah. Petra is Petra, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is barely looking at you. And while people have sometimes seen ghosts, everyone knows they're bad news. Nobody would have seen this many ghosts converging in an area. And she's hysterical and is uh, screaming and is not going or even paying any attention to you and is just backing up and running off uh, screaming. Well, I did what I could. So (laughs) while this is happening, Bruiser has pulled a rubber mallet. I've marked down an unusual weapon. Um, (laughs) So like a bludgeoning weapon, a rubber mallet out of her work belt. And uh, she's going to choose a part on this person's body that has already been mangled by cart and it's just gonna add to it until he's done screaming. Uh, that, that would be the leg. Oh god. Yeah. You're gonna beat him in the leg until he dies? <laughs> With the rubber mallet. Oh. The, chest, but... uh, the legs got tangled and twisted under uh, the wheel. Uh, we're, we're gonna add some broken ribs to that. <laughs> That's just gonna make it quicker. Oh. Why a rubber mallet? What you just just do you want me to throw you a dagger and No, I mean I've got knives. I just don't want to use them? Well I thought bludgeoning would be in line with like the cart accident. And like I don't want it to look like I got out of the cart and murdered the guy. I want it to look like he got hit by a cart. Well, fortunately for you there's uh very few witnesses left. Uh people have just right um, over the corner, you know? Yeah, have, have left the uh the area. But uh nonetheless, uh if you want to be specific about it, rather than just you know, beating a person uh, in the head, which you're more than capable of doing. If you want to look, make it look specific, you could roll wreck to... Oh, how going to roll wreck? Yep. Yeah. Wreck it up. Five. You are absolutely able to uh, bludgeon this person in the leg uh, and in the ribs to make it look like a uh, mangled cart accident. And uh, in by doing so, you are now covered in blood. Cool. And a little bit of physical gooey bits Stream. as well. Yeah. That being said, just taking a sense or a quick look at the situation, your vehicle now is surrounded by ghosts that are keeping a wary distance. Underneath you is a bloodied corpse, and the effects of the toxin that were imbued on this uh, thing in the crate, uh, you know, are starting to wear a little bit. And you just hear that uh, wheezing. So uh, I call, I call to Kinkan, just like. Tank, it's starting to come back. 
And on that note, as your car is surrounded by uh, angry, vengeful ghosts with a body underneath it in the uh, depths of Duskwall after murdering somebody, I think we'll call it there. Mm-hmm. As your uh, as your car lurches forward and Carl, over the radio, kind of coughs and spit, uh, spits, catches his breath and mutters as he cuts in and out, demanding that you uh, rid him of this, this horrible, uh, horrible thing that is imposing more on him. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm.